I'm Mike Magnoli. I'm pleased that you're here for episode 6 of Dealing Death, the podcast. CBS 12 News out of West Palm Beach, Florida covers Indian River County, the Vero Beach area. That's where victim Yanella Figueroa had a fatal overdose. She bought drugs, there was fentanyl in the mix, Javon McFarlane is accused of selling her the drugs, and he's charged with first-degree murder. It's early December 2022, and I'm about to be in a court hearing where I'll see McFarlane in person for the first time, and I'll see Jack Fleischman for the first time. I love court. I love the formality of it, the language, the rules. Now, some journalists find court boring, but in my opinion, court is a very cool place because you can learn a lot about the system. At times, the emotions are very raw. Now, I don't expect that in this hearing, but I'm just talking in general overall because the stakes are so high, the feelings are on high. People are mad, they're desperate, some are irreverent. I cover lots of cases all over Florida. I've never gotten this far into a drug dealing case, but this one is unique. And mind you, justice is slow. In TV news, things happen fast. Not in court, though. And maybe that's why I like court. The pace is sluggish because it's methodical. So just take a minute here. Think about your favorite movie that has a court case in it. And it's sped up because the movie is only two hours long. Well, this podcast is more of a slow burn. This has more time to breathe. This is real life. We're not Netflix. It's a beautiful day. It's nearing 1 o'clock in the afternoon. This McFarlane hearing is on the third floor in courtroom 5. News photographer Max and I get through security. We take the elevator up to where we're supposed to be. I've never been in this building before, uh, but it's pretty. There's a kind of atrium in the front, a curved glass window, very dramatic feeling, and the whole building feels very modern. Lots of courthouses I know are old and stinky and run down, but not this one. The courtroom where we're going is at the end of the corridor, and there are some benches just outside of the courtroom doors. And there's one dude sitting out here. I know immediately. This is Jack. I've Googled him many times, I've seen his pictures online, and the voice, well, can you get a sense of how a person looks from a voice over the phone? I can, and Jack's voice belongs to him. The voice and the face, they make sense together. He seems surprised to see me. What are you doing here, he asks. Uh, well, duh, Jack, I'm here for Javon. There's a couple of minutes before the courtroom is open, so we chat. We discuss other court cases that he's working on and other cases that I've covered as a reporter. I ask him for an interview. Can we record some of this? But I'll wait till after the hearing is over. The doors open. The bailiffs tell me that Javon McFarland is first on the list. Right. Let's start with Javon McFarland. 21 CF 830. Good morning. Good morning. Or afternoon. Jack Fleischman for McFarland. Anastasia Norman on behalf of the state. Anastasia looks to be young. She has dirty blonde hair. She's wearing a smart black business suit. And I see that she has a cup from Starbucks. I wonder if that's her first coffee of the day or a later one. I wonder how many hearings she'll go through just in this day alone. Now, Jack Fleischman's in a simple suit, nothing flashy. I will say that his tie feels kind of 90s. 
looks like the back of a yearbook photo shoot, uh, his courtroom demeanor is well-seasoned, I'd say. In court, you feel like he's a meat and potatoes guy. Okay, okay, enough color. This hearing is for Jack to officially jump ship. He's filed a motion to withdraw from the case. He's not going to represent Javon McFarland anymore. Listen. He's, uh, they're bringing him up, Your Honor. He's in right. custody. You're Mr. McFarland? Yes, Mr. McFarland. Good morning. Good afternoon. Afternoon. And this is your motion? It is, Your Honor. I filed a motion to withdraw from the case, and uh, you will need court appointed counsel. Are you objecting to the withdrawal of your attorney? Yeah, I'll say so. Yeah. Well, I'm asking you. I'm asking your opinion. Well, I want to uh, let him go. No. Javon McFarland has dreadlocks for days. I knew that about him from his mugshot, but seeing the dreads in real life, I can tell you if they weren't tied and bundled at his lower back, those dreads would be on the floor. And he's in a jail jumpsuit. I see Jack whispering a little something to Javon. Then... If, he, if you're not objecting, then we need to talk a little bit about why he, he wants to withdraw. So you're you're disagreeing with his request to withdraw? Mm -hmm. All right, go ahead. Your Honor, uh, but Mr. McFarland himself has no assets. Uh, the family is significantly behind on you know payment. This is a privately funded case. Uh, I've had to expend my own funds during the discovery process and uh, they're significantly behind of what is owed. But I, that's, a, yeah, that's the bottom line. I had to talk to him. Uh, yeah, it's just the case is too serious. I think I've, I've been extremely flexible with the family, and it's, it's not working. So the bottom line is Mr. McFarland didn't actually hire you. He was not going to pay you. The family was. That's correct. And, and they're not paying you. Yeah, it's the bottom line. Yeah. Okay. State, have any comments? Uh, no, sir. The state doesn't have a position on this matter. The only request I would make is that we do have a docket call on Wednesday. So, if the order is going to be granted, I would just ask, and, and I know Mr. Fleischman has no objection to continuing the docket call to give the public defender's office some time to to come acclimated with the case. Okay. And just to do everything completely organized, where I could send the uh, who's ever going to take it over a link or even a thumb drive you know with everything okay all right well i'll grant your motion to withdraw you can prepare an order okay. on that why don't you as part of the order just indicate the case is continued to what's a date december what's 7th your honor at 9 a.m december that's the original that's what it's oh, oh you want it um, continue. it would be the 18th of january yes sir if that's for private though are we doing public defender yes I'm sorry, the 17th. Okay, January 17th at? It would be 1.30. January 17th at 1.30, so you'll submit an order that grants you the withdrawal continues the case for Dr. Call on January 17th. Okay. Any questions? Thank you. All right, sir, I'm, I'm going to temporarily appoint the public defender to represent you. You need to fill out the application when you get back to the jail. All right. All right, thank you. Thanks.
Thank you, So, okay, that's done. I chase Jack down the staircase and outside, and he suddenly has all kinds of phone calls to make. Seems like he'd rather get in his car and leave. I ever so gently, gentlemanly, ask him to put his butt on one of the park benches at the front of the courthouse, and I take out our stick mic. Okay. This was like the breakup. Yeah, I hate withdrawing from cases, honestly. We heard what you said to the judge. Um, you got to get paid. You, you don't work for free. Well, I mean, I'm, I, we're, it's a private case, you know, privately funded. So unfortunately, you know, money can be an issue. How do you feel about the strength of the case um, where it stands right now? Good. I thought the case was proceeding well. And uh, we'll obviously turn everything we have over to the new uh, new attorney on the case. What do you think the strongest piece of evidence or the strongest sort of um, elements are for the defense when this goes to the public defender's office? Uh, actually, I don't want to comment on specific evidence. I'll, I'll turn everything over to the uh, yeah, new attorney and uh, yeah, they'll take it from there. This happens. Um, it's just the nature of the game. Um, but when it happens, how quickly is the transition? How long do you reckon the public defender's office is going to need to get um, acclimated and to get up to speed? I, well, I, I mean, I would think just to review everything will take a month or two. A month or two? Yeah, and then, yeah, they got to form their own like organizational chart, so to speak, you know, what they'd have to do. If if you had stayed on the case, if you had gotten paid and stayed on, was there any idea of when this might go to trial? I would say if it went to trial, probably mid-year next year. So middle of 2023? Yeah, I think that's, that would have been my target. I have a feeling you're going to tell me, Mike, I can't answer this, but I'm going to ask it anyway, okay? Was there ever a conversation between you and the defendant about pleading to a lesser charge? Well, I can't talk about conversations we had because of attorney-client privilege, but it usually, good or bad, there is a conversation about uh, you know, pleading as a potential risk management tool, because obviously if you lose this charge in this case, it's a mandatory life sentence. So I think that conversation is, you know, usually in every case, not necessarily a case where you're looking at life exclusively, but that goes on, I think, on a regular basis. Did you think him talking to me or participating in the podcast was a good idea? Could it have helped him or would have hurt him? Yeah, I mean, while the case is pending, a defendant slash client shouldn't speak, period. Okay. This might be my last time talking to you um, until you get on another case that I'm interested in, Jack. But um, what do you... In the context of what we're talking about, charging drug dealers with first-degree murder, um, what do you think the public should know, or sort of what what do you want the takeaway to be? Um, it's a unique, it's a unique set of circumstances. Uh, well, I think, I mean, we're somewhat jaded, I suppose, because we work collectively within the system. So, but probably, I would think most people in public 
are for this charge being murder. That's just the realities of it. Uh, so at the end of the day, as opposed to the legislative issue, uh, we can't legislate from the courtroom, but there are juries that, you know, the, that have to make the decision, is this murder? And you have the whole issue of whether or not the users themselves bear some responsibility. Yeah, we've talked about that uh, before. Yeah, that's still an issue. So, I don't know, it's a tough issue. Was this podcast like a pain in your ass? Yeah, never. <laughs> yeah, I would say not. Would you, if another uh, reporter or me at another time wanted to um, follow one of your cases and chronicle it in this way, um, do you think that it's um, useful in sort of peeling back the veil and showing the public the way that something like this proceeds? And do you see the utility in doing this and step and following it every step of the process? Yeah, I, w I would think depending on the case, but yeah, I could see that. I think a lot of the pub, a lot of what goes on, really, even for the client, goes on outside of what they see. That's just the nature of this type of work. So yeah, I think it's good educational has a good educational value, yeah. Okay, that's it. You're off the hot seat. Thank you. Sorry, I couldn't do more. At the end there, he said, sorry, I couldn't do more. Oh, that's okay, Jack. I'm a persistent, pushy son of a gun. And now I'll be getting on the interwebs, and I'll be making phone calls, trying to figure out who Javon's next lawyer is going to be. By the way, the prosecutor, Anastasia, she and I had a quick word before I had to go running after Slick Jack but she told me that she wouldn't talk into the microphone about anything specific about this case. But at least you got to hear her voice, just a smidge of it anyway, in that hearing upstairs. Oh, it's important that you remember what Jack said a moment ago. I've said this too, but I want you to remember here what the potential consequences are. Don't forget that Javon McFarlane will get an automatic life sentence if found guilty. If he pleads to a lesser charge, and that's accepted by the state, Maybe this never goes to trial at all. But then what good is the death by distribution statute? This is supposed to be maximum penalties for maximum effect. Throw the book at the drug dealers so they'll know when they deal if someone dies, they could be getting locked up for the rest of their life. That's all I've got for this episode of Dealing Death. Hope you come back for more.